0: does it mean to be out on Earth?
1: Join two friends as we broaden our small town perspectives and explore the enchanting, hilarious, and unusual interconnections between society, ecology, and queerness. Period. My name is Cricket. My pronouns are she, they.
0: My name is Ashton. My pronouns are they, them.
1: And today we're talking about Shopping
0: shop um, washing of all kinds washing
1: and shopping
0: we are we are in a place of washing um whether that be eco washing slash green washing yeah pink washing mm-hmm. rainbow washing
1: so many we're, we're all of wandering the washing. Today. Girl, girl we clean we are <laughs> sparkling
0: so yeah um first of all shout out to all the new earthlings Hi. um yeah we gained like an obscene amount of followers yeah. in a very short time span.
1: Yeah. Um, and then you got a concussion. <laughs>
0: and then I got a concussion. Yeah, right after that happened. Um, which postponed this episode. But she's back. Yeah. Still carless. They're <laughs> um,
1: still without a car.
0: Even a rental, yeah. It's it's dark. It's dark out here. Yeah. But nevertheless, she will persist.
1: And honestly, I feel like you've just you were in your concussion metamorphosis, and now you've come out of your. I agree a cocoon a new person
0: I feel reborn yeah I'm ready to take on the world absolutely I don't think she's ready for me though <laughs> so but how are you what have you been up to I mean we've literally seen each other like so fucking much I over know. the last like week and a half but yeah what have you been up to uh,
1: well we've been ill we've Ill, been bitch. in new job vibes I got a new job yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of family time this weekend yeah with family and then also just with like family friends like friend family yeah friend family yeah and um ashton hosted a fantastic friendsgiving last night it was really wonderful it was so fun we had the best time
0: cricket gave me the highest compliment as a host that i could have ever (laughs) received they told me that my friendsgiving felt like an old-timey like (laughs) like party slide like Moment. And, it
1: felt vintage. It oh, felt like I was over at like um you know like a Great Gatsby party maybe maybe not that intense.
0: Writer um Steph's boyfriend said that he thinks a lot of the vibes had to do with the fact that there was jazz playing yeah, in the background and a fireplace on the TV
1: that really added to the vibes. For um
0: sure. I've been listening to the, that jazz playlist since I was a sophomore in I high school. We <laughs> were like
1: singing along to it. I was like, whoa. Yeah, no.
0: He <laughs> was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh,
1: sorry, I. Didn't I didn't, I didn't know that this was yeah. a spiritual thing for you. Very much, very much.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so welcome to all the new Earthlings. Um, with the influx of people has been an influx of crazy-ass fucking comments.
1: Crazy comments! <laughs> We're thinking of doing just like a bonus episode on yes. the Patreon where we just talk about the comments. Yes. because. This is just a, such a strange experience, and I feel like we yeah. should document it yeah. as we grow. Like I agree, our reaction to yeah, I don't know, just the crazy. Because
0: <laughs> like we are just like silly little people going about our silly little lives, yeah. And then to see an influx of perception of yeah. like being perceived, um, even by only like. 2500 people is still kind of jarring yeah um especially when they have so many opinions and so many of them are wrong so and I'm many just of like, them are up. just like
1: out of pocket
0: yeah um uh, we got called the jezebel and the devil <laughs> oh god tag yourself <laughs> you said the commenter spell, misspelled your so i tagged myself as jezebel okay and cricket <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll <laughs> what did you this.
0: tag yourself as
1: the devil no what
0: do you mean? <laughs> no no no. when i first asked you this question you tagged yourself as the misspelling of oh. your
1: <laughs>
0: but um so yeah oh
1: my god i
0: i have so many digressions to include we got called anti-intellectuals
1: yeah and i
0: want to won't say too much about that because yeah. i want to save it for the bonus up but know that we are both anti-intellectual and intellectual and yeah. yes we can hold those two things at the same time
1: right yeah Like, yes, we went to college. Did we love it? No. (laughs) I mean, yes (laughs) and no. Do we want to keep learning in a way that isn't in, like, a rigid academic institution? Yes. And that's what this is for. That's what we're doing.
0: Yeah. And and in that way, this is, that's anti-intellectual and also intellectual. Yeah. So, yes, we hold both at the same time.
1: And unfortunately, whenever we're doing, like, clips or reels, that's the worst part is, like, the best format to have these conversations is like unfortunately an hour and a half long podcast yes but in order to get people to like see us yes. i have to make reels and tiktoks and in those reels and TikToks, it sounds like I'm like a know-it-all lecturer and I'm not, you guys Bro, are just stupid. I'm dumb. We're
0: just regurgitating <laughs> info that we find on the internet.
1: <laughs> I'm literally just reading from a book <laughs> no, because literally. I think it's cool and people are like, you're wrong, you're crazy, you're anti-intellectual, you're this a is commie. bits information. <laughs> Yeah, commie.
0: Honestly, loved that one. Yeah. Um, somebody got called an incel in the comments <laughs> the other day, which was so funny. We kept that one.
1: Um, yeah, but basis, if there's something really out of pocket, yeah. We just delete it and yeah. block them because we yeah. don't want you in our algorithm
0: yeah if there's any like transphobia any racism anything like that any ableism all of that is going to be immediately just blocked yeah um, but if they're silly like an incel we'll keep it around for giggles <laughs> you know
1: i love the idea of you freshly concussed in the hospital bed <laughs> reading hate comments no literally was like,
0: <laughs> they had me in a neck brace for four fucking hours for four bitch i i Wanted to, you can ask why I was sitting in the hospital bed, like writhing in discomfort because I was like, get me the fuck out of this goddamn neck brace. Like, anyways, so yes, I was reading hate comments. Yeah. Well, comments. Yeah. Some of them were hate.
1: We've gotten some lovely feedback as well. The Crochet Moms, I just want to tell you that I love you so, so, so much. And you guys have done so much for us. Like this last, the crafting episode was like,
0: I'm just so happy
1: that so many people have been listening to it and sharing it with one another. And we really want to build off of kind of those ideas in this episode and kind of you know continue this series talking about kind of like conscious consumption or even Mm -hmm. just consumption in general Mm -hmm. but yeah the crafting community has really just given us the biggest hug and we see you and we love you and I wish that I could give you all the yarn in the world (laughs) no truly
0: god damn it
1: yeah Stop, don't talk about
0: yarn. <laughs> the way Wait, show
1: off show off.
0: Oh, oh my God. So in yeah. my lap, I'm holding, if you're a patreon, you can see this and honestly, we might drop it in the reels. who knows? Yeah, um, I am, okay, you can't really tell because the the yarn is black yarn. Um, which was also a huge mistake, I might add. Doing, really? Knitting with black yarn is hell. I yeah. have to use a light almost every time I knit. Yeah. But um, if you can see it, I'm just kind of like holding it up. The body is oh. almost done. It looks so pretty. There's like this um, circle of snakes that wraps around the chest in the back. Um, it's but, yeah, gorgeous. It is It is genuinely Absolutely my magnum beautiful. opus. It, it will be my magnum opus. Yeah. So very excited about it. Um, Who designed it? I know it's called the Vipera Day sweater. Her name is Clara Cecilia nice yeah she's on revelry.com she's got a bunch of really cool knit yoke designs like color work oh um and so if you're into color work yokes i would highly suggest her she's got some like david bowie inspired designs some like zodiac inspired designs really cool shit cool love her stuff yeah yeah i will be doing another one of her her um projects for sure because it is dope
1: and how long have you been working on it (laughs)
0: <laughs> um okay so i started and uh, unwound it three times oh, before i finally got to this point yeah so i've been working on it collectively for probably two months now mm-hmm. and i'm nowhere close to i mean i'm closer to done so to do all of my sleeves and fold the bottom ribbing
1: how long are the sleeves gonna be
0: i mean look at these fucking arms girl
1: i wait it's gonna be like a full length Sleeve, S- sleeve. Yeah. Oh, it's a oh, full sweater. I thought it was like a t-shirt. Kind no, it's a situation. full sweater.
0: It's a full sweater. Wow. Yeah. No, it'll be a complete sweater when it's done. Wow. And then, as soon as that project is done, I've already found my next knitting project. Um, it's just like a plain like t-shirt with a fun, fun stitch pattern down the sleeves.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm wow. really looking forward to that. But yeah. So if you hear some click clacking in the background throughout the episode, that's just me <laughs> me knitting away. Don't don't you mind. Don't yeah. you worry. Aww. But yeah, I mean. I think with that being said, are we are we ready to, to hop in? I feel like we have so much to say today we and do. also so many people to thank.
1: We do. We Welcome to our patrons. Well, well,
0: well welcome to our patrons.
1: Welcome. We're in a place of do welcoming our it? patrons. I would love to do, do it. I okay. Okay. okay.
0: So patrons, Young Mustard, OK Dad, Steph Joseph, Wyatt Armstrong, Shell Wagner, Lena Sue, Mary Smiley Face, Maggie <laughs> Ahern, Klimbera, Carly Langlois. 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 Yeah. Carly, that's a beautiful last name. Yeah. And then (laughs) Kelly and Jackie Adams um shout out to y'all we were just actually chatting about y'all earlier yeah. we are y'all's biggest fans <laughs> i for really no particular reason other than the fact that we just are your biggest fans. your picture
1: on patreon is so kind and we love it
0: yeah like the cute little family picture y'all got yeah. we love it yeah we're stands. um finally <laughs> last patron is shelly devost devost one of the two i still
1: don't know i asked her in the last um episode and she didn't ever but shelly Hey, Shell. If you look. hear
0: this, tell us how we pronounce your last name, babe. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure we're respecting. We're not speaking um, negatively on your name right. in this studio. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, now we really are ready to jump in.
1: Yeah. So I'll I'll give a little preface. I have a hyper fixation on <laughs> department stores um, and just like that whole vibe. So I'm gonna give like a history of department stores, shopping malls, and shopping in general, a gendered history, and also kind of like an ecological take. Um, Because this is our digital ecology season. So I'll be talking about that. What about you?
0: So I will sort of start off on the note of big box stores by talking about how some have sort of co opted um, Indian independent designers. Mm -hmm. I specifically focus on people who design sewing patterns and knitwear, also crochet, I think. Yes, also Mm -hmm. crochet. Um, And then from there, I do talk a little bit about Shein. Okay. So we're not Shein shaming, so don't worry. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about some alternatives, rainbow washing slash rainbow capitalism, a little bit of pink capitalism, if you will. Okay. And also some rainbow washing in the Israel government. And mm-hmm, the IDF.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's get there. So
0: yeah, we're gonna get there. um It's heavy stuff, mm-hmm. but there are notes of fun.
1: It needs to be said,
0: and it does need to be.
1: And said. that's what we do. We say does. what needs to be said, and then we have a little fun, and then we and say what needs to be said. And,
0: and this is what we're here for. Exactly. So let's say what needs to be said. Get let's into say a what cricket. Needs to
1: be said Okay. Well, I thought first we could play. Oh God. Uh, fast fashion. Never have I ever. Okay. So we can do one hand. Okay. Okay.
0: why you have to play. Oh, <laughs> Just yeah. <laughs>
1: But never the... have I ever shopped at Wix.
0: What the fuck is Wix? It's
1: like it's like where you can buy stuff for like fifty cents. Oh my it's like all god! Sorts
0: of stuff. I've never like a like a Temu or a, um um a. Uh... That,
1: that okay. can be another one. Okay, okay, okay. So you go.
0: Okay, so never have I ever shopped at Shein.
1: I have shopped at Shein.
0: Uh, that's actually surprising.
1: Only once. It was that's for surprising. a show that I was in in college, and we all had to get matching costumes, and right. I didn't really have a a say in what they got, but like I did give them my money.
0: We're not she and shaming Like I said, we're not she and shaming
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm shaming myself, but
0: You know, and that's your prerogative. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, y'all want me to say something? Yeah. Yeah. I don't Never have I... Oh, damn, that's a lie.
1: I was going to say never have I ever ever spent Kohl's
0: cash, but... I have spent
1: Kohl's cash. I have also spent Kohl's cash. (laughs) You know what? Yeah,
0: I'll just say that for
1: my thing, but I'm putting it figured out.
0: (laughs) What? Okay.
1: Okay, never have I ever shopped at Timu.
0: I've heard really mixed reviews, both really great and really bad. Yeah. So never (laughs) have I ever bought more than one of the same clothing item and like, like underwear and socks don't count
1: okay, because so those like come in packs you know what like... I mean
0: yeah if it comes in a pack that doesn't count if it's a single individual garment the two like the same thing. yeah so if you like I'm wearing sweatpants right now if you had two of the same pair of these sweatpants never have I ever done that
1: oh, uh, I mean, I've done that with I've jeans been...
0: Okay, that's fair though because it's hard to find a pair of jeans that exactly. like really does it for you. I have two yeah. pairs of these jeans, and I, I don't, love them. and they look great on you. You're serving like you're serving like woodsy lesbian today.
1: I kind of always want to give Sesame Street. You're
0: serving woodsy lesbian down. <laughs> <laughs> like Thank I'm you. about to walk out to the back and see you chopping wood, bitch. That's <laughs> like,
1: <what? laughs>
0: I live though.
1: I, I always want to look like a puppet from Sesame Street. That's
0: so unhinged. <laughs> Why? What has led you to this desire? I don't know.
1: It's just like I don't know. Okay, Wyatt, your turn. Okay. okay. We'll do. We'll do one more. Never
0: have I ever gone to multiple stores in a mall. Girl. What? Why are you in a mall if you're not going to multiple stores?
1: maybe specifically shots. you're just trying to get you're just trying to get my finger down yeah
0: cricket you're gonna lose i'm
1: losing
0: (laughs) but also i would like to point out that if we are going to just remove gender nuance here well actually if we're gonna add gender nuance here then you are the one female presenting person in this room and Mm -hmm. so it is not surprising that like Fast fashion has targeted you as a consumer more than it it has
1: us. Yeah.
0: But anyways, continue.
1: Okay. Well, I lost.
0: I know. I was about to say, you can can do another one, but you still don't lose.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, it was fun.
0: (laughs) That was fun. I haven't done a I haven't done Never Have I Ever in a minute.
1: I know. Yeah. So.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
1: so continuing our digital ecology series um the key theme that we're going to be exploring in this episode is like excess and pollution and so like digital ecology deals with waste pollution and the access of digital materials and access to the global marketplace of consumer goods and exploitation of workers and consumers so dealing with waste is or dealing with the digital space is kind of twofold because one you have Mm e-waste you have um i don't know like how everyone buys a new iphone every year for some reason and then where do those iphones Mm. go they go in like a pile uh and that's e-waste e-waste is a problem and then also access to the global market we now have this like Ability to buy anything from anywhere get mm-hmm. it in like five days max mm-hmm. and um, Those are kind of the themes we're gonna be exploring not so much e-waste But more so just like how the internet enables us to have so much shit mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I wanted to talk about just like what the fuck is shopping and like yeah. where does it come from and from like a gendered perspective? So what stereotypes do you associate with shopping?
0: women be shopping
1: women be women shopping. be shopping
0: that's really the first thing I think of yeah. is women be shopping. Yeah um men don't like to shop because we're too masculine and we're chopping down um fucking trees and shit that like the husband is just being like drug along to go shopping while mm-hmm. the wife just like terrorizes him yeah and also something that i've noticed within myself because i follow a fashion a male fashion influencer um his tag is at edgy albert mm-hmm. um he's like a big vintage jean guy and like super big nerd about it the other day he posted a video of he and one of his like guys friends shopping together yeah and in my head i was like this is the strangest thing i think i've ever seen like two men shopping together and like outwardly complimenting each other yeah and i was like this is so cool and also so outside of what i'm used to right and so i think that's another stereotype is men don't get any real joy out of shopping yeah Um, because like the women is the consumer. Yeah. So yeah, that's my, that's my, that's, that's all I got.
1: I think it's interesting because there's like this, like how we want representation for the experience of shopping Mm -hmm. like that. Like I remember going into some stores with Brady sometimes and he's like, how come there's no clothes here for men? Like Mm -hmm. if you go to like Ross or something, like there's so many clothes for women Mm -hmm. and then like a tiny section for men. And you might be like, uh, this isn't fair. Like, I I should have more options. Yeah, for sure. And that's sure. completely true also when you talk about, like, size accessibility and, like, different body types. Especially and, like,
0: when fashion's gender. Yes, uh, yeah. We at least got to make. Departments the same sizes yeah but then again that speaks to just the gender nature i know if it wasn't
1: gendered it could just be by size and then it would be a little bit easier so iconic and we have like a
0: standardized size system right it'd be crazy unfortunately we could never (laughs) we could truly never yeah
1: Yeah. but like yeah shopping for me is like just personally uh i don't do it online at all like if i'm shopping for clothes i can't do it um nothing ever fits that's fair and uh there's like no size standards especially for bras and underwear i cannot shop for those things online it just never works out
0: can i admit to you something really embarrassing (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) i just learned two weeks ago how bra sizing works
1: bro i still don't even really know how bra i mean i I know how to measure myself but when i do it it doesn't work
0: it gooped me it
1: never works because even if you know your bra size the the sizes in the store will always be different depending on the brand and that's because they want you to be like dedicated to only one brand and only buy their bras and it's absolutely Um,
0: brand loyalty insane yeah Yeah. i will never be loyal to a brand (laughs)
1: So, yeah, I do most of my shopping in person if if I need something, but it's usually I thrift it and it's very rare that I get something new
0: Um, Um,
1: unless it's like pants because it's so hard for me to find pants that fit. Yeah, but
0: agreed uh, why it has witnessed multiple mental breakdowns in the thrift store because <laughs> i cannot find jeans with a 36 to a 38 <laughs> in seam <just> <laughs> yeah, yeah like finding pants long enough for me is impossible yeah so, and yeah, it's I really feel that.
1: really hard to mend jeans also and Bitch, so speak on it when i buy something Ugh. it's usually jeans because the fabric is just really difficult to mend yep um, the getting
0: through those fucking thick um, denim seams Mm -hmm. is impossible with a regular needle. Yeah. I tried to do some like darning to fix my jeans and it was not working.
1: Yeah. It was miserable. Absolutely.
0: Little sewing needles not going through that. Right. So, but anyways.
1: Well, I think also, um, shopping for me has always been a very gendered experience. It's something I do with the women in my family. Like, yeah, it's just like And most of the people I would see out, like, yeah, Kohl's, using our Kohl's cash was, like, moms and daughters looking for some good deals, you know. And, like, you know, shopping isn't just clothes either. It's also a lot of other things. It's, like, household items. And so all those stereotypes that we associate with shopping, especially gendered stereotypes – for is like a new thing and i always say this it's like a new thing because for most of western history women weren't even allowed to shop in Mm. like the modern sense of the word Mm -hmm. so like shopping as we know it now it like wasn't really a big thing For the most part, because people did not live in excess. We are now in a society Mm. where we live in excess, where we have so many things. Mm. And um, in the past, they very much lived in like repair. Mm. And so we're seeing that as like there's a whole market for repair that's dying out, cobblers, Mm. seamstresses like laundering even like radio shack you know we don't have (laughs) we don't have uh, things that repair things r.i.p
0: radio shack
1: yeah and so literally just this week the eu just passed a law um they called it the right to repair law
0: Hmm.
1: um which means that independent repairs refurbishers and end users would have better access to spare parts repair information and tools at a reasonable cost so that's a good piece of news like we are you know instead of just being like okay my phone's broken now there's nobody who can repair it at an affordable cost um i guess i'll just buy a new one like the way that everything is totaled now like the minute it breaks is so frustrating
0: and i think i want to talk real quick about how companies and corporations design their products to make them that way yeah um so specifically with iphones um they are not modular phones so a modular phone would essentially be something that you could take apart piece by piece and replace each piece individually mm-hmm. whereas an iphone is like one essentially solid brick of technology and wires that you have to completely replace if it yeah breaks in some sort of specific way that is more likely than not unfortunately um and so like yeah in a lot of ways we are forced to do these things by those yeah. corporations um so not
1: only those but like the insurance like and oh. they insure your phone, like or or like <laughs> like AT and T, if your phone breaks, they're just like, oh, just bring it in and we'll get you a new one. Literally. And it's like, I like my phone. Can I just like please replace it? Please? Exactly. <laughs>
0: like ugh, they're trying to get me to get a new phone already, and I'm like, yeah. you think I want thirty extra dollars on my fucking phone plan again? Yeah, you're wrong
1: and and they they want it though that's they they do and you know what they're
0: gonna get it one day because my shit will eventually go out
1: right like the longevity of our items the sustainability of our items is not something that exists corporations
0: (laughs) are preying on the downfall of society and earth period anyways
1: (laughs) (laughs) that'll get you called a commie Truly. So um, another reason why shopping um, wasn't really a thing for women is because women weren't allowed to have money. Mm. So if, um, if something was needed for the home, men would have it delivered by other men. And so it was up, for the, up to the women to be resourceful enough to make it work so i think that's cool but also sad (laughs) women literally can never leave the house yeah that was kind
0: of i was
1: like "Mm, is it (laughs) well it's just like women have this culture of being resourceful and using what they can Mm -hmm. because while it seems like even the most wealthy women um have like a lot to their disposal they really don't because they're not making any decisions about what actually comes Mm -hmm. into the home they just have to use what's given to them yeah and so in the victorian area it was taboo for women to like leave the home at all without being chaperoned by a man so there were no public spaces in america or the uk where it was like acceptable for women to be out on their own um so especially shopping and but like couldn't go anywhere you know like church no school pick up your kids no
0: literally me right now with no car
1: <laughs> <laughs> literally you're in your victorian uh, woman era <laughs> you can only leave when you're chaperoned
0: <laughs> arise <laughs> allows me to <laughs> leave
1: that's so funny what? What? Mitch, i'm
0: in my victorian woman era and i take that oh my i gosh. wear it with pride <laughs> <The chaperone.
1: Nah. laughs> So it wasn't until the Industrial Revolution, of course, and the recognition that women were a whole other market to be acquired, that Mm. they were allowed to spend money. So, you know, corporations are like, oh, wait, we can make money off of you. Now you can have rights. Mm. So um, Mm. they were still spending their, like, men's money, but they were able to do it on their own accord. And this is because of the department store.
0: Okay, department stores. Yes,
1: the department store was created as a space for women to safely and comfortably shop. And... It was often staffed by other women. It had nurseries, dining rooms, uh, beauty parlors, and get this, the first ever public restrooms for women. Wow. So that's insane. Before department stores, before people were like, oh, women can leave the house so that they can spend money. There was nowhere in public for women to shit except for the street.
0: Because women don't shit cricket
1: that's so true
0: they don't shit
1: exactly women
0: don't have bowel movements they are barbie dolls i've never
1: shit in my life ever (laughs) ever and that's that's just because i'm constipated (laughs) but (laughs)
0: maybe because you don't drink any fucking water bitch god damn it you're right you're right and i know i am and in this moment i know i am
1: (laughs) but literally they were like If you want to leave the house on your own or if you want to leave the house, you're going to have to shit in the street. And that's honestly what they did. They just, you know, hike up their little shit on the street. But if you're like a woman with a reputation, you're not going to be doing that, you know. So literally, you're just not going to leave the house. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, department stores had the first public restrooms for women. And like modern American consumer culture and the modern shopping experience was designed with women in the center starting in the 1890s mm-hmm. with like sears macy's yes. avon um oh and so shopping became kind of like a liberating experience for upper middle class women upper middle class white women
0: mm-hmm. who
1: were enjoying a newfound independence brought on by the normalization of being out in public alone so it wasn't until the department stores that women could leave the house alone um and it was like publicly accepted before that you'd be like seen as like a uh, like a, uh, what
0: was the word? Um, <laughs> a um, uh uh what is? What do they call women that are unmarried? What did they call them back in the day? Sexy? No, it starts with an S. It starts with an S. Anyways, continue, talking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so they weren't only. They weren't only in public alone. Like, sure, they were out and they're doing stuff in public alone, but they were also in public together. So this was, like, an opportunity for women to go out and do things together and be in, like, a space where there was just women that wasn't just in their house. What are they called?
0: Spinsters.
1: Okay, yes. Okay. Spinsters. In my spinster. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so now you were no longer a spinster if you left the house if you were going shopping. Mm. Um And so, like I said, they were – in public shopping together they were doing things together so it wasn't women's spaces weren't being like always intruded by men because they were chaperoning them mm-hmm. and so it kind of turned into a leisurely promenade to show off and show out in the culture it was a place to go and be seen okay and these like women's spaces laid the groundwork for white women's suffrage proving that women had a role in the economy and in the workforce. Hmm. And so the 1900s saw the first um, white business women in the upper echelons of, like, marketing and department stores. Okay. Because they were like, we can have men in here, but they don't sell anything. Like, Hmm. women don't buy from men. (laughs) They want to buy from other women.
0: And that's why you need gay men in department stores. We (laughs) are going to do it. Oh, really? Yes. 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 Uh...
1: So there was actually... um, I started listening to this podcast called Betwixt the Sheets, and um, they did a episode about shopping, and there's this professor, her name is Erica Rappaport, um, and she wrote a book about, like, department store culture in London, and um, I tried to get a hold of her to ask her more about, like... um, like, queer culture in department stores, because she did, like, touch on it, and I'll explain okay. what she said, but, um, I'd love to explore that a little bit more, I'm sure. um, just waiting on her response, <laughs> so she said that there was, like, a, um, kind of a gay panic that happened, <laughs> because, oh. um, when men worked in department stores, they mm. were feared to be gay, yep. there was, um, these questions of, are shopkeepers queer, um, what makes you queer? Is it being around women? Is it being around because there was also um drapers, they called them drapers. Mm. Um, they'd be like, Is it being about is it being around fabric? Does being around fabric make you gay? And honestly, I think there's some truth to that. Like honestly, there is something about just making a little garment that makes you so feel gay. so gay. Oh, it's so but, gay. But um, yeah, that that I thought that was interesting. And so, like, hmm. when men worked in department stores. It was also an opportunity for them to kind of like feel like they can exist in a less masculine space that's out in public. Yeah. Which I'm here for. Me too. So that's the department store. Um, From the 1920s to the 1950s was kind of, like, the big department store era. I think of, like, the Marvelous Miss Maisel stuff. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but I I love that that show.
0: You did put Wyatt on.
1: And she goes to the department store, and she, like, she talks to her girlies, and she gets her things. And honestly, um, I'm here for it. But the first shopping mall kind of came after that, which happened in the 1950s. And um, the department stores kind of moved in there into the malls you know and by 1960 there were 4,500 large shopping complexes in the u.s um did you hear that (laughs) i did
0: those microphones (laughs) good
1: meaning that an average of at least three new shopping centers had opened every day since 1956 so from 1956 to 1960 that's over four years three new shopping centers a day
0: for four years yes
1: yeah and so we have that steady increase of popularity of shopping malls into the 1980s. Damn. Think of that scene from like Stranger Things where mm-hmm. they're all at the shopping mall. They yep. all get you can get like your ice cream. You can get your
0: It used to be the place. Yeah, it, it was used to the be gig. the place to go. Yeah, it yeah. was the gig. It was where the girls girled, the girls gab. <laughs> yeah. It was where the boys were like talking about their biggest crushes. Yeah. It was where everybody was getting like their little skirts and tip tops yeah. <laughs> and you know, like girls were gabbing. Yeah, that yeah. was
1: another thing they talked about in betwixt. sheets from department stores is Uh that it was a place for like people to go find potential mates as well and that was like very looked down upon because obviously at the time they were just like setting women up with whoever they thought was like most financially stable Yeah. yeah yeah honestly but yeah, I mean, yeah, going to the mall to like like that scene from Mean Girls, like you're alone. Yeah, that's exactly holes. what I was thinking of yeah. when I was
0: talking. Like, well, exact. W-
1: did you go to the mall when you were a teen? I mean, we did not live close to the mall, no. but when you went to the city, did you go?
0: Um, yeah. So like, we would go to the mall a lot in middle school for like field trips and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and I just remember like feeling like I was that bitch when I was at the mall <laughs> like getting my yeah. little gelato at the food court upstairs and like stealing my little free samples yeah. and like going into the coat shop knowing that I couldn't afford a goddamn thing <laughs> just wanting to say like "Ooh, we're in coats," yeah you know like I don't know I definitely have some good memories of yeah. being in the mall so
1: well I think it's like as Americans, we don't have anywhere where that we can walk but, gr- and, like, do speak things. Speak on it. There's no, like, a pedestrian... spaces. sidewalk, Mary, a
0: sidewalk Yeah, there's no yeah. pedestrian
1: spaces in the U.S. No. And so the mall is, like, the only place we can go where it's like you can walk around and like feel like you're a part of a community no literally <laughs> Yeah. oh now
0: we have the outlet mall too yeah so we have two malls in okc we have three malls oh my god i forgot it's quail springs entirely <laughs> we have three malls in one city i always went to
1: quail because Penn is scary
0: see i find quail scary really yeah
1: the best store in Truly. the mall is Indians. okay
0: but wait do you get the cinnamon sugar or do you get the regular
1: uh, depends on the feeling oh, you know maybe okay. both
0: oh, okay <laughs> living large
1: no I I feel like I would go to the mall when it was like one of my friend's birthdays
0: oh down or yeah. you know yeah we would we always would, go to the mall on my friend's birthday
1: and we would walk right through the department store we'd be like I don't want anything here I mean I would I'd
0: pick up a few things yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well I I love the idea of like you're buying something from someone who knows a lot about what you're buying and so there is that experience sometimes in like the beauty section oh
0: my god trixie mattel talks about that all the time
1: yeah which is cool and i feel like it used to be a lot more empathetic Mm -hmm. and now it really feels extremely scary scary, and like they're just trying to sell you the most expensive thing which is really unfortunate but um in a culture where like, everything is dominated by consumerism and also car dependency. The idea that we, in order to get to a pedestrian walking area, we have to drive there is, like, so sad. The but, way uh, I
0: can't go anywhere or do anything without a car, and it's, like, the most suffocating feeling. Yeah,
1: relevant to uh, our truly, situation Truly, it is right
0: my current situation. <laughs> if you're feeling generous, Venmo, Drake, addict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) We're
0: in in the the trenches, (laughs) y'all.
1: But so as as a culture where everything is dominated by consumerism and car dependency, department stores and malls serve as a socializing space that's, like, reflective of our norms. And so Hmm. there's a lot of, like, social and civil rights issues that have been debated over events that have taken place in malls and department Hmm. stores. And so we already talked about kind of, like, women's suffrage and how once they became – an item in the marketplace that they became valued and they were like, oh, maybe we should actually maybe let them vote because they're working with us. I also found some really interesting works about black freedom movements in mm. department stores and malls. And so, um, yeah, there's a long history of like black freedom movements taking place in department stores. There's this book, Department Stores and the Black Freedom Movement by Tracy Parker, which focuses on um like the civil rights era and how they became sites of resistance in the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. as well as constructing like the black middle class. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend that book. When we talk about other things that are happening in malls today, we are talking about like shootings yep. and how that is a place where people feel like they can target that makes an impact that mm-hmm. is like a socializing space for us. Yep. And um, I think that that has definitely contributed to the death of the shopping mall oh, like
0: especially yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: i don't want to leave the house the minute i think about how many shootings are happening mm-hmm. in the united states um I and mean, so why yeah. don't
0: go to gay bars yeah like, and that sucks but uh, i can't i, I can't it's it scares the scary. shit out of me yeah yeah so yeah I, I feel it unfortunately
1: um but also the death of the shopping mall says a lot about our dependency on the digital marketplace mm. And kind of, like, how we're getting away from even just being with each other in person, Mm. um, even if it's for shopping. Yeah. And so um, I'll talk a little bit about holiday shopping (laughs) because it's relevant. So in the late 1800s, stores-sponsored Thanksgiving Day parades. We just had our Macy's. Where the end of the parade would signify that the holiday shopping season begins. And um, there's a little bit of magic to that. I think the best thing to come out of American consumerism is the BC Clark Christmas song. Oh my God! Here we go. Which I'm going to play for y'all, <laughs> because honestly, only Oklahomans know this shit, and it's a Bob. And if you don't know it, I'm so sorry. It Rio. is catchy. Jewelry is the gift
0: to give, cause it's the gift that lives
1: and lives. So give, give the, the gift do you know can feel. Like BC Clark's anniversary sale. sale. Most sales are after Christmas, but Clark's is just before. Most everything is marked right down, cities you can't ignore. But Oklahoma's oldest jewelry is since 1892. Hey, so give, hey,
0: it, you hey, know, hey, we see Clark hey, Bust
1: down.
0: Giddy, giddy. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> We need to add a base to that a baseline to that.
1: <laughs> I heard that on the radio the other day and I could not stop screaming singing NBC it. Eight, it's so anniversary good. Sale.
0: <laughs> But yes.
1: So yeah, that's like the best thing. The worst thing. <laughs> well, to get into like ecological impact. So um American consumers spend almost $10 billion shopping online on Black Friday. Jesus. Um And the U.S. retail revenue exceeds $20 billion. Online shopping obviously has higher emissions, which is something Mm. you may not realize, but it does. In 2022, just from Europe, 1.2 million tons of CO2 released due to trucks transporting goods around Europe. And that's 94% higher than an average week. And in the U.S., waste increases by 25% between Black Friday and the New Year. Mm. So it's like we'd be wasting shit during (laughs) the holiday season. Um, And 80% of items bought on Black Friday, including the packages they arrive in, are thrown away only after a few uses. What? Yeah.
0: What could people possibly be buying that's only a few uses worth of product?
1: I mean, it's like the bastardization of the gift economy, like where we're not giving things that people actually want we just feel like we need to give them something
0: oh yeah i don't operate like that no no yeah i'm a very utilitous gift giver me too yeah no that's interesting that's the whole
1: point of a gift to me i agree like, ha- making sure that has a purpose and a yeah. meaning, and
0: i want them to use it and like it reminded them of like me and our friendship yeah and, like our love like that kind of thing right yeah
1: yeah i'm thinking about like Gift baskets and
0: oh, you know, like, like
1: Secret Santas or
0: Bath and Body Works, like the gift bundles that people give. Yeah, I'm like, girl, I don't use them
1: Yeah, like don't give me that shit. <laughs> I mean, I love a candle, <gasps> but
0: Bath and Body Works is having their three buy three get three free. I
1: can't do it. I <laughs> I can't do it. Um, <laughs>
0: hyper consumption I don't I don't want
1: anything you know that's the thing it's like I don't want anything and so also like we know that trash from rich countries is shipped to Mm -hmm. countries in the global south they're like dumped in the ocean Mm -hmm. and um, we all know about the fast fashion clothing pit in Chile that can be seen from (laughs) space insane and also the thing about thrifting is just like trash popular thrift stores like goodwill and the salvation army ship unsold donations mm-hmm. to um the global south where they're sold and used in clothing markets mm-hmm. uh so nothing ever really gets thrown away y'all like if you throw it away it's still going somewhere and it's still going to be there forever
0: i mean matter can neither be created nor destroyed yeah so i mean somewhere. we're creating, it. Oh, we're we're creating, creating a it. lot of matter bits yeah
1: <laughs> And we'll, I mean, you know, men also spend more money, but women shop more, which is interesting. I wonder how that that works. Yeah. 89% of women and 41% of men claim responsibility for daily household shopping. 89%. That's crazy. Versus 41%. Obviously, the statistics are very... um, Binaryed, so yeah. i apologize about that but this is what capital how many they me.
0: thems are doing <laughs> yeah, their holiday no, z- shopping zero <laughs> <laughs> they them still holiday shop
1: um here's the real kicker in one month the average single american male consumer spends three thousand four hundred thirty four dollars or 95.8 percent of his income after taxes but the average single female spends three thousand two hundred thirty-seven dollars in one month, or one hundred and ten percent of her income after taxes.
0: How so, do you spend over? So,
1: yeah, like they're spend. Women are spending less, but uh, a larger percentage of her income. So that really, I feel like that really says a lot about just like the way that women are preyed on and Damn. like also the fact that they s- do most of the household shopping. Yep. And it's so crazy that we like blame women for being like shoppers and yeah. like, um, women be what is shopping. it called when uh, there's like a term for women that shop too much? Kleptomaniac?
0: No, that's people who steal.
1: Oh, oh okay. Never um, mind. Let me look it up. Because kleptomaniac was a term that came out of department stores. Shopaholic? That's so crazy. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, my God. Wait. Shopping addiction is an actual thing. It's called compulsive buying disorder and is literally acknowledged by the National Institute of Health.
1: Really? Yes. Damn. That's crazy. I wonder what the gender makeup of that is.
0: Compulsive buying disorder is shown to be associated with um, psychiatric comorbidities Mood and anxiety mm. disorders, substance abuse disorders, eating disorders, and other disorders of impulse control. Holy shit!
1: So it's it's just like a soothing. Yeah. Thing. It says yeah. it even tends
0: to run in families.
1: Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Damn, that's crazy. That's scary. Uh, okay, National
0: Institute of Health. Thank you. <laughs> Why don't scare me like that?
1: <laughs> so that, that's some impacts that happen to people mm. um, from all of this. But we need to think about like the people that are creating these items <laughs> and what happens um, to these people who are you know, responsible for the items in the first place. And so I am going to talk a little bit about the Bangladeshi garment worker protests, which is something that's going on right now, but has also been going on for decades. Um, It's just kind of coming to a big moment right now. And so Bangladesh is the second largest garment exporter behind China. Currently, their union is asking for just $205 a month, which is a jump from the $95 a month. Um, that they are currently making, and the government raised it to 113 dollars, um, but that's obviously still not livable. And so wow. the conditions are also like super unsafe, and the how the hours are extremely extremely long. And there have been like factory fires. There was a big one a couple years ago that I remember hearing about. Mm-hmm. Um, the companies responsible are Shein, Walmart, Target, Adidas, Nike, H and M, Zara, Uniqlo. Mm which makes me sad because I do like Uniqlo. Oh. American Eagle. um, Damn. And they are... The people working in these factories making $95 a month are 89% women coming from rural agricultural towns. And, of course, a lot of them are children. And, you know, this has been going on for years. But recently they've seen, like, a rise in police violence. And there's been, like, several deaths in the past few weeks from police shootings. And so I would say... Go follow the Awaj Foundation, A-W-A-G-A, um, who's helping to like organize around labor rights and advocate for better pay, et cetera. Okay. And so, like, we, you can't talk about like the impact of fast fashion and shopping without talking about um, these consequences that come from mm. our spending addictions, yeah. that come from the mental health crisis we're having already. Yep and um the climate crisis it's also creating so you just have to it's all climate justice it's it has to benefit the other, everyone
0: yeah there yeah
1: yeah also tiktok shop never have i ever shopped from tiktok same, shop same same that's the most dystopian fucking shit that's just crazy. i cannot get on tiktok anymore because i every time i scroll it's Everything. just another ad it's another person being like you guys have to yeah. you have to hear about this
0: i don't scroll through the pod what is it TikTok is it like anymore? yeah I, I just can't, can't. is can't. it
1: affiliate marketing is it people that are That's just what like, i'm
0: wondering i think it is i think part of it is affiliate and then another part is people trying to become affiliates yeah through just shouting them out for free so they're
1: literally it's a pyramid scheme then because they're just buying things yeah. first and they don't even know if they're gonna get money from buying well, it i,
0: I don't want to say that my full chest i don't know if they're actually girl i'm not out there i'm not <laughs> out there trying to be an affiliate you that's, know what i mean yeah, but okay. like that is as somebody who like has considered wanting to get involved in like i used to want to be big into tech and like wanted to be an apple affiliate and like have mm. them send me all of their products and so i did a bunch of research into like how do you come about that how do you make that happen And yeah like, one of the things unfortunately that you have to do is like invest a lot of your own money into it at first yeah to get a return from it and so like that's just a guess on my end, right? You know, um,
1: that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, oh, it's literally I, the worst. Yeah, like, the one I've seen a lot is that hairbrush.
0: Stop <gasps> the detangling one. Yes, yes! the
1: detangling I've hairbrush. Seen I've
0: seen it everywhere.
1: I'm like,
0: and it works though. You guys- Have you seen it? Have you seen the videos? <laughs> I guess but it like- works. <laughs> Bitch, I want it, and I'm balding. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: working on you i'm de-influencing you Ooh, i'm sweating <laughs> you guys do not need the hairbrush from tiktok and not shop. me
0: being an influencer cricket <laughs> have to come behind me and de influence
1: you're like i don't want to be an affiliate also that hairbrush is the best thing i've ever done. <laughs> i've never used <laughs>
0: That's so in a year i'll probably have a shaved head and here i am going on about a fucking hairbrush <laughs> i'm fully sweating in the gig Uh, i can't (laughs) i'm sweating
1: oh my god
0: oh anyways you were saying
1: (laughs) i don't know it's just like i don't know the background of all of these items on the tiktok shop um i know that some people are selling like their own stuff on the tiktok shop like they can have their own market or whatever on there but like I'm feeling like a lot of the items, kind of like what's happening to Etsy, are just like yes. big, yes. I, like mm-hmm. big box stores that yep. are pretending to be small businesses. Exactly. Um. And so my last point, I just want to talk about greenwashing because it kind of goes into your point. Mm-hmm. Uh, your net, your next big bit. Yo. So, um, greenwashing, if you don't know, is when companies and brands co-opt like climate forward initiatives or talking points in order Mm -hmm. to make you want to buy their products. And so these come along with like a lot of empty promises of sustainable initiatives Mm -hmm. using labels like green or Mm -hmm. even organic.
0: The organic label pisses me off. And we need to do a whole episode about it.
1: Okay, we will. Because
0: I have so much to rant organic is a fucking scam.
1: It's a scam. Continue. Um also eco-friendly. Like, What, are what the
0: fuck is eco-friendly? Tell me. Eco-conscious, that's another one I see a lot, too. Yeah, like,
1: what does that even mean?
0: And I'm like, so you know that you're fucking up the world and you acknowledge the fact that you're fucking up the world and you continue <laughs> yeah. to do it? Is that what we're being conscious of?
1: Yeah, it's like you're spending more time and money trying to be, like, Gr- like Green packaging? Correct. And green
0: packaging brown packaging tan yeah. packaging all of that yeah but political correctness is ultimately what they're trying to appeal to yeah yeah
1: like they're spending more time on marketing mm-hmm. than actually they could just put that time and money into actually making I, yes. their business something One that's sustainable
0: million percent exactly yeah. <laughs> but that's too hard and we don't want to do the work to do all oh
1: of that. my god bro did you see the kim k nipplegate? i want them you want them?
0: Not me being an influencer. Stop! Stop <laughs> affiliate
1: marketing for Skims. Okay,
0: but it is sixty two dollars.
1: No, did you see the ad?
0: Um, is it the one with her? She's like answering a phone. Yes. Um, I vaguely remember she,
1: it, dude. It is the most greenwashing shit I have. It's really. She she answers the phone and she's like, or she's on the computer and she's uh-huh. like, climate change is real and. The earth is heating up and so with my bras you'll always look cold no matter how hot the earth gets. Like the ice caps may be Because of the being, nipples? Yes. That's the whole point is to make it look like you're cold because the earth is warming and there's climate change and she, it's just so and she's donating
0: 10 10%. 10% is nothing. 10%
1: to who? To whom? On the thing it says 10% to like um green initiatives. And I'm like, girl, what is that? Miss Mamp, name one
0: green initiative.
1: Also, they're made of, like, polyester. And, like, they're (laughs) literally (laughs) literally made of fossil fuels. (laughs) Like, bitch.
0: I'm going to be, like, one of those motherfuckers that's like, oh, you're wearing a Nirvana t-shirt? Name three Nirvana songs. (laughs)
1: Like, oh,
0: you're going to donate to climate initiatives? Name three.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, Like, she can't. Come at me. You can't. can't. It's just so crazy (laughs) that that is, like, the... I mean, there's something to be said about, like popularizing these conversations and like I think that there's people who are definitely like, oh my gosh, Kim Kardashian is talking about climate change. Mm-hmm. Maybe now it's real. But honestly, what are the chances of that happening? And like, I and, think the impact yeah. of her like associating it with her brand is more harmful than anything she's going to say.
0: 100%, because they think by consuming, they're doing the earth a favor. Yes. And that's never going to be the that's case. That's never
1: the case, and it's
0: never going to be. Any form of consumption is going to be in, in our capitalist society. The way that we are operating now, any form of consumption is going to be harmful to the environment around you yeah and that is an unfortunate reality of where we are
1: right and that's greenwashing Period. i hope y'all
0: heard my stamp here
1: don't go <laughs> watch the ad it will make you so angry <laughs> it will I... make you so angry and i hate it because there's something about kim kardashian that's so alluring and when i see content about her i literally can't stop I cannot and i have relate. watched the show and i can't
0: i cannot help relate. it i cannot and relate. i will stop i do not like that woman
1: but this is this is it for me
0: have you ever watched an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? I
1: have. It. I do watch a lot of reality television.
0: <sighs> me too, but it's like Big Brother and Survivor, you know. Yeah. And also, don't come at me for watching Survivor. I.
1: I love Survivor.
0: I. It is so racist.
1: Yeah, it is. It, it is, is
0: so racist. So bro. is
1: um. What's the one it's where so they bad. like fly around the world? Amazing Race. Yeah, that yes! one's also so racist.
0: <laughs> they literally <laughs> sent them to like. Canton, a bunch of like <laughs> white people to Canton, and they were like running around screaming at Cantonese yeah. people, and I was like, what? "No, no!"
1: and the new season, I don't. Uh, I think they were in Thailand, yes. and they were doing like massages, and the way that like the torture mm-hmm. it was the massage. Yeah, and I was like, "What other yeah. experiences did they?" Or like the food, they're like, "Oh, you have to eat this disgusting oh, food plate of
0: bugs." Yeah, to get and like, I'm like no. and I'm like, quit making it seem like this is all people from Thailand eat, bitch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, all they do is eat tarantulas? Like, fried
0: tarantulas, like, literally. oh, my God. Like, shut the fuck it up. It is
1: really funny to watch them, like, shut the fuck up. Like, try to I, eat it.
0: I, watching those two girls eat that plate of fried bugs <laughs> was actually unhinged. It was
1: really entertaining. It was, and also I loved just it. just, like, so crazy. And
0: I loved watching all of the contestants, like, walk by and be like, oh, fuck no, I'm glad y'all doing it. Because yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. not doing this shit. Yeah. But, again, the things that money will make you do.
1: That's the only episode of The Amazing Race I've ever seen. I watched it when that I was one, home. Yeah.
0: That single episode is the only I one I it would love to watch more. It's kind of fun. It's okay. I don't <laughs> think you're missing out on a whole lot. I really do
1: uh, Okay. <laughs> well... Oh, that was my bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've got. So
0: I fear I might have fucked up this ball of yarn. That's okay. Look how massive this is. There's just a giant chunk that came out of the middle of it.
1: Oh no. I
0: know it's okay. It's okay. I don't know how to unwind this.
1: It's time for you to work, bitch. So
0: you want a Maserati?
1: Do you want me to unwind it? You want a Bugatti? Well, you.
0: (laughs) No, I might. I think I might save this for later okay yeah no that's gonna be a long task so we'll come back to that (laughs) hey y'all just popped in to see if you're enjoying the episode well it's brought to you by our patreon we are a fully independent self-funding podcast and we wouldn't be able to make it without our awesome earthlings over on patreon we currently have two tiers that you can join for just one dollar a month you'll unlock bonus and video episodes And for five, you get both of those things, as well as early releases and access to our community discord. It's a really fun place to be, y'all. You can join using the link in the description or by going to patreon.com forward slash out on earth pod. That's patreon.com forward slash out on earth pod. We understand that not everybody can donate, but if you wouldn't mind rating our show, wherever you're listening or giving us a follow, that helps us so much more than you could ever realize. Okay, let's get back to the show, y'all. All right. So I don't really have necessarily a like fun introduction to what I'm about to talk about because a lot of what I'm about to talk about is not fun. Yeah. Um, I will say the rainbow washing is the lighter part of it. Um, the latter part of it will be a little bit rougher, Mm -hmm. but
1: hard transition, uh,
0: hard transition for sure. It is not, there's not a light way to transition into the, the, the coming topics. So anyways, let's get into it. Um, so
1: so happy to have you back.
0: I know. It's so good to be back on the mic. Yeah. To be speaking. Yeah. I've been locked up in my house. I haven't been speaking. Nobody's heard me speak. I've had to just talk to my cat.
1: <laughs> what will you do when the world can't hear you? Scream. <laughs>
0: oh, fucking scream, bitch. <laughs> so I want to start off by talking about something that is directly related to big box stores like Shein and Walmart mm-hmm. um, and also sort of relating it back to the fabric art community which is something that i am just like so deeply in love with and admire and care for so deeply um but and that would be the stealing of knitwear and sewing designs by big corporations um and fast fashion brands Mm -hmm. so excuse me i feel like i have a little congestion in the back but Nevertheless.
1: Yummy. <laughs> Ew, <laughs> stop.
0: <laughs> that, no, 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 Stop. Okay, okay, let me get into this. I'll <laughs> act like <they> it. Have... <laughs> you said. <laughs> <laughs> so the first instance that I found, um, and I'm not going to say, I, I say I found, because I'm sure this is not the first instance
1: mm-hmm. of
0: designs getting stolen. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to add that nuance in there. Perfect. Um, so the first one that I found was at Bailey Prado, on Instagram, and this was with Shein in 2021, the online megastore stole over 40 of her designs. What? 40, and only recalled Damn. the 10 that she called them out for. They sold 40 fucking designs. She's
1: been designing them.
0: Yeah, I went through her account, and like it, it it's it's kind of crazy. Like the, all of this slide, all yeah. Of, All of these are the designs that they've stolen from her.
1: Oh, my God.
0: All of them. And they're exact copies. Yeah.
1: And what's the material?
0: All polyester. All fossil fuel materials. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to say that I know what yarn that these things are made out of. They could also be made of fossil fuels entirely. Yeah. Okay. not going to say that it's any better material wise. Yeah. Don't come for me like that. Okay. (laughs) But I am going to say this is another example of fast fashion industry capitalizing off of Indian independent designers. um, And that's just fucking disgusting, frankly. Right. Um, So the next um, example is Alexie and Shein also in 2021. So these collections are handmade by women in Nigeria, each taking anywhere between a few days to a few weeks to create. Designs also stolen by Shein and those- Dude,
1: what the fuck, Shein? Yeah, and
0: so those are pictured here. So uh, that's the that's the one that they stole. I believe they stole a couple more, but this is the one they Do they off.
1: actually make it or do they just like steal the same picture and use on shein? Like, no, are
0: they that's an actual garment
1: that yeah. they made.
0: Yeah, for sure. 100% because if you look here, there's ribbing in this that's not on this. Yeah. So, mm, okay. It's 100% copied from them.
1: And they also don't just steal from independent designers. They no. steal from like Fashion shows, like any, their whole business structure is Mm -hmm. to be like, what is new, what Mm -hmm. is trending right now. Let's recreate it immediately. Mm -hmm. Make like five hundred versions of them, sell out before the trend stops trending, and then move on.
0: How many designs does Shein make in a year?
1: Let's go, Joe Rogan, googling on the pod.
0: I don't care. (laughs) This cannot be real. This cannot be real. <laughs> what? H&M annually releases 25,000 different clothing models. Zara releases 35,000 different models. While Shein annually releases 1.3 million.
1: 1.3 million? New designs every year on, on their website for like eight bucks.
0: 1.3 million different clothing models.
1: Damn see that's why i'm like there's no way that they're taking pictures of everything they have to be taking the pictures too
0: i don't know i don't know how they do it the amount of servers this company must have
1: like they there's no way that they're designing it before they're actually shipping it out they i think that they're taking the pictures they're uploading them and they're saying we have this and then they only make it if someone orders it
0: that'd be insane
1: because otherwise there's no way
0: I have no clue. I would be interested to know the inner operations of a Sheehan warehouse. Yeah. And like how that works. Um, I think I'd get scared really quick.
1: I mean, $95 a day. No. $95 a month. That's what it is.
0: I was about to say $95. I'll take that. A month.
1: <laughs> Better than Hell, me. no,
0: <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> Okay, god damn it. Um and so I want to use this last example and then I'll really kind of jump into the meat of my episode. Okay. Um of my episode, of my of my rant. It's your um, episode. I'm just this is my episode. You're just here. Sorry, <laughs> cricket. This is just your house. <laughs> <laughs> so the last example I have is from Loud Bodies on Instagram. It's a sustainable and inclusive fashion brand with sizing up to 10 X. They had their design stolen again by Shein. They stated, and what's worse is that the garment sold by Shein costs $20. That doesn't even cover the labor cost for our dress. Mm -hmm. For a brand like Shein, the price of a product must include profit, labor, fabric, design, wrapping, shipping, marketing, and an amount to cover the salaries of every single other employee, customer service people, for example. Mm. You cannot pay people that for $20.
1: It's less than that.
0: Yeah. So I think that just goes back to your point of people are getting severely, severely underpaid and overworked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes directly as a result yeah. of our consumption mm-hmm. in the U.S. So while it's understandable that affording some of like the smaller independent brands is like not always feasible because they are a bit more expensive. Um, Shein has not really taken any responsibility for doing so um really all that it seems that they have done in the aftermath of that is just continue to release designs Mm -hmm. so much so that like in the feed of Sheehan the apology or the recognition of wrong is completely drowned out By posts about other designs and about other markets,
1: and those videos of the girlies in the
0: exactly in the
1: in the fake factory. Exactly, that video was crazy. Yeah,
0: fucking insane.
1: And so, and they they co-opting um like body positivity there too because they were like, I love Shein because they're so size inclusive, and it's like that's because they're stealing from size (laughs) inclusive brands that go up to ten (laughs) x.
0: Which also, can I just say, going up to ten x, that is not something I've ever heard from really any other brand mm-hmm. before yeah. like that is that is awesome that's fucking cool yeah um so next um so there i want to acknowledge the fact that there's like a lot of design stealing like specifically within the fabric art community um a lot of times when we as designers like see another garment we're like very directly inspired by a specific garment mm-hmm. and so While it may look like it was copied, there's actually a lot of different techniques and stuff that go into this garment that may look similar to this other one that makes it so different from that one. Right. I think where this sets itself apart is that Shein is a multi-million dollar corporation with famously unethical business practices. And instead of working to compensate these designers for their designs and working to, you know, give them... Something similar to like residuals, you know, for yeah. their designs, yeah. which would be kind of dope. Also, still kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, but it, it, better maybe. You're, you're
1: plagiarizing, but just, yeah. then just like giving them and a not little compensating.
0: Tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At or least like, you're. Yeah, you're like, this is
1: ours now, but here's a little tip. (laughs) And
0: I think that's just insane. Or even like hiring these designers on to be like, hey, come design for us instead of us stealing them. Anything but stealing. Anything but stealing. And again, I recognize that those two options I presented are still not going to solve hyperconsumption. And they're still not going to solve the fact that like corporations are like absorbing indie people and absorbing individuals and the individual ideas. I'm not saying that those are better. Yeah. I'm only saying that they are options. <laughs>
1: right. So exactly.
0: Um. And so, additionally, she and Ken simply apologize and continue making its another slew of designs, just completely overshadowing their questionable ethics. <laughs> and this has allowed them to <laughs> escape accountability by bribing our brains with the next cuntiest piece of clothing that <laughs> catches our eye, rather than reckoning with the effect their actions have on small independent brands and the environment at large. Yeah um and so i want to i want to add this because i i said in the beginning of the episode that we are not she shaming and i stand by that i do not care if you shop she i literally don't give a fuck like do your thing we are all little capitalist rats running in a capitalist machine and like it's so hard sometimes to find clothes that you feel good in that you can afford and that like fit your body right Mm -hmm. and so like if you find that with she i am not gonna sit here and speak down on that i am nobody to speak down on that yeah I only want to encourage you to find alternatives where you can. Um, And so...
1: There's alternatives, but there's also just like, like we talked about in the crafting episode, like mm -hmm. you can find autonomy Mm -hmm. in the things that you wear and the items that you have and rely Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. by taking more part in the the making process of that item. And... I mean, there sure there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Yeah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. yeah. But <laughs> at the same time, which um, is hate new ones. You have to be able to, you know, like I don't know. If, if we would kept saying that all the time, nothing would ever fucking change. Yeah. Because we do have to change our consumption mm-hmm. uh, patterns, and we yep. do have to change our systems, mm-hmm. and we have to completely overhaul them the things that we value and yeah. if she is a part of that she is a part of that fast fashion is a part of that but the idea of shaming people will never work and mm. we talk about this all the time counterintuitive you cannot you have to, like, encourage people to find alternatives instead of bullying them for something that action. they're already doing because they don't have any other choice. Yeah. You have sh- to all, all offer good alternatives. Yes.
0: In yeah. order for people to want to take those. You know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I think that's, like, what's giving Just Transition Cricket vibes down.
1: Because <laughs> if I have a friend who's, like, oh, I'm on Shein and, like, I love this item and I'm, like... Fuck you for shopping on Shein. I hate you for that. Yeah. Like, do you know what it's doing? Do you know yeah. the people that are working in the factories? Do you know the, like, the polyester plastic pit in the ocean? Yeah. Like, they're never going gonna to talk to me again and they're losing my community. Exactly. And the only way we can get out of this is through the
0: community. Exactly. And so you're basically like, what is the word? Not othering, but... um basically pushing away the yeah, people that excluding you need to be them. excluding them when you need to be pulling them in yeah you know and so sort of on that note of like what can i do instead of shopping fast fashion you know um i saw in some of your notes you said knitting your own garments mm-hmm. um i know that that's again not feasible for everybody um, when it comes to, you know, ability, finances, um, knitting at first is an investment. I yeah. will say like getting needles in your...
1: Absolutely. And I finished like my first ever Bro, it's so little baggy the it's, other day.
0: Okay. Speaking of making it our own, can we talk about your bag? Just for one second. <laughs> give give the girls um, a rundown of your bag.
1: I made a little bag. Come on. Keep going. I, you can't leave it at that. I designed it, I guess. I didn't have a design, but I I used a... Um, a I knitted and I crocheted it. Mm-hmm. it um,
0: and it, sewed, hand sewed. I did. And I did hand sewed. I a
1: little bit. Um, I, it has like a basket mm-hmm. stitch main section. So and then also the strap is a basket stitch with like-
0: Interchangeable straps.
1: It does have interchangeable straps. And then I sewed a little inner part um, while I was home. It's and lined. Have a, yeah, it's, it's lined. It's got
0: boning in it.
1: It does have boning in it. It's
0: when like, I tell you like- Cricket sat down and said, I want a bag for work. And the bitch made it.
1: I just made it. Literally
0: just made it. And that's not, just how I work. Yeah.
1: I just work in bursts. And I will probably never knit another <laughs> thing ever again.
0: I will say they did make that bag within a matter of like a week. And it was kind of insane.
1: You know how like um, whenever a couple gets pregnant, mm-hmm. they both just like eat a lot that was me with your concussion because you were knitting a lot and i was like all right i need to also knit a lot wait i think that's
0: so true because why hadn't been knitting for a while either and as soon as i yeah. got my concussion <laughs> they started knitting again too sleep and now knitting, yeah no the truly knitting. there's a picture of me white and cricket on my couch <laughs> just all three of us knitting <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> I was like, my best friend has a concussion. All I want to do is knit. <laughs> like,
0: Literally, I couldn't do anything else. All I could do was knit. And so I just laid down and knit. I finished a beanie. I finished a sweater. I finished the body on this sweater. Yeah. Like, I went off. Let but... me
1: know in the comments if you guys also have sympathy knitting habits.
0: It's like a, oh my God, it's like a sympathy pregnancy.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. It's yeah. 100% the same thing.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. not as good. We're going to get canceled for that.
1: You're not uh-huh. smoking so the
0: <laughs> Anyways, ignore me, y'all.
1: We love pregnant people. <laughs> we do.
0: We love pregnant people. Sorry, y'all. It's the glow. <laughs> um. So going off of that, um. So knitting a garment, and one of my favorite things about knitting is that I have really long arms, um. And that allows me to specify the length of the sleeve. That way, I don't have to purchase a garment from. A clothing brand that won't really fit me the way I want it to. I yeah. can spend the time to make it exactly how I want it to fit me. Um, something else that I'm working on in relation to knitting is a capsule wardrobe. Cricket, do you want to you wanna explain to the girls what a capsule wardrobe is? Sure. Okay.
1: A capsule wardrobe is where you have like staple pieces that you can interchange with a mm-hmm. lot of other different outfits. Mm-hmm. Like you, maybe you just have like one white t-shirt mm-hmm. and then one black t-shirt mm-hmm. and then they also I only have two I have one for like winter one for mm-hmm. one for cool weather one for warm weather and um when it gets warm I just change it out and yeah. that way it's like there's an intention of sustainable items items mm-hmm. that will last a long time mm-hmm. items that are easy to repair yeah they, they'll just last a while yeah does that make sense 100% yeah okay.
0: yeah no I just I know that for a long time a capsule wardrobe was something that you were very passionate about putting together um and so i knew that you would have a better baseline knowledge of it than i would yeah Um, and so i was like educate the girls me i am girls (laughs) um so yeah
1: i only have like one to two pairs of jeans i only have like two blazers Mm -hmm. like but recently i've changed like situation so much change jobs that was um my capsule is a little distraught
0: yeah but, going um, from gardening to working an office job yeah. where you have to dress up every day i know i was
1: like damn i can't wear my boots in the office i like, can't wear my sweatshirt and, that does yeah suck. so i'm working on it yeah. um
0: i'm yeah i'm in the same trying boat. to
1: convert items same. to be more
0: same yeah i want to make some like just like plain like long sleeves Some like cardigans, you know, just things that I can sub out, like you said, repair really easily. Things that won't degrade fast. Yes. Because I am using better quality fibers and like putting the technique in to make sure it's longer lasting. Um, Beyond capsule wardrobes, upcycling is really fun. Um, this doesn't necessarily have to mean that you like pull out a sewing machine and like tear it apart and reconstruct some like crazy ass garment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you can literally just like. And you
1: can do that. And, that's and you can't.
0: And you can't. this this country I have a coworker that does it. And we're going to do an art <laughs> swap and I can't wait. I'm so excited. Ooh. Yeah. So this can look like embroidering, adding patches, um, bleaching and dyeing, um, mm. for repairs, something like darning. That's what I tried to do today. Yeah, bro. I looked at your tub earlier when I went to the bathroom. <laughs> that shit is pink. That shit is so pink. There's like a solid line. I
1: didn't even dye it, though. I was stripping it and it dyed. Yeah, but whatever. Cricket's
0: tub is pink. I,
1: I found some pants that I really loved, but they had some paint on it. And I was like, maybe if I strip it, it'll take it off. And instead of gone. taking off the paint, it took out the dye. Wait, and the now, paint's still there? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and now my bathtub is pink. <laughs> Sorry, landlords. It's kind of cunty. I'll fix it.
0: <laughs> um i said uh thrifting is another great option i don't remember the last time i like went out and bought something from like a like a name brand store yeah i just go to like goodwill or Me like too. salvation or like a bad granny you know just yeah. like random places in okc yeah um clothing swaps that's one of my favorite things yeah. i love clothing swaps i think you can find really cool pieces and not have to pay a dime yeah I, and i just i love it i love a clothing swap um, and finally, support indie designers if it's in your budget. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to pay people what they deserve, um, and they're trying to make a living for themselves and explore their passionate in. So support yes. that if you can. Yeah. Um. So hard transition <clears throat> into hard transition. Hard fucking transition. Um. Into rainbow capitalism. Um. So it's also referred to as rainbow washing. It's also referred to as pink washing. Um, it's basically the process by which um, queerness, queer movements of liberation and expression, basically commodified by markets. Yeah. Um, for co-opted. Pri- co-opted. Just like greenwashing. Yeah. Um, literally, just like greenwashing. Mm-hmm. Um, you, namely during Pride Month, is the easiest way to like sum that up.
1: Are there any t- other types of washing? Like that's kind of a more recent term. I feel like mm-hmm. saying washing um after something and so we've got greenwashing know. rainbow washing pink washing um and i think that's just like you're washing out the mm-hmm. uh the meaning mm-hmm. the soul you're of turning the it into thing. yeah you're yeah. turning it into a brand
0: yeah and that kind of ties into a point i'll make later about um commodity fetishism um, which is basically like something isn't attractive until you realize that you can turn a profit from it and then once you start to turn a profit from it, you strip it of everything that made it what it was and what made it valuable in the first place. Yeah. Um, so that's just like a little sneak peek onto commodity fetishism. Yeah. Um and so I wanna say that I know that like pink washing and pink capitalism have been used historically to also refer to the like hiking of prices of feminine hygiene products. Mm, um, yeah. Or even...
1: The pink tax. Pink tax, That's like exactly. a BuzzFeed video. Forcing, <laughs> forcing
0: people with uteruses to pay more money to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those same brands that are asking people with uteruses to pay more money to survive are also the same ones promoting initiatives about women's rights and, like, queer liberation mm-hmm. and, like, eco-conscious, you know? Right. Um, and so I, I want to make sure to, like, acknowledge that, yes, that does refer to that movement, but in today's specific instance, I'm referring to essentially pinkwashing as it refers to... rainbow washing as it refers to just corporations taking gay stuff and making money off of it you know i say you know i think this could be considered a form of commodity fetishism which is a marxist idea that states once something becomes viewed as a commodity within a market it will be severed from those who first birthed it handled it or created it and is instead boiled down to simply a monetary transaction rather than to something lovingly handcrafted by a person using skills and tools um, that took hours upon days Upon weeks to hone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, that's that's a little a little snippet of commodity fetishism. Uh, Marx kind of summarizes it by stating what is in fact a social relation between people, between capitalists and exploited laborers, instead assumes the fantastic form of a relation between things. Um, so it takes again the people out of the equation, mm-hmm. and again just brings it back down to commodities. Yeah, I think that can be said for. Queer people, I can feel like that can be said for people with uteruses or people that identify as female. Um, yeah, for sure. Since yeah. we are all commodities under capitalism, unfortunately. Okay, Marx. Listen.
1: We could do a whole historical materialism episode.
0: He's kind of said some crazy shit. A though. theory
1: episode. I,
0: you know, we love theory.
1: Yeah, I don't know if the girls are ready. No,
0: especially considering we're anti-intellectual. <laughs> that, that can be our anti-anti-intellectual episode <laughs> where we talk about theory. We're like, "How oh, we are intellectuals, bitch." <laughs> but um so i think it's important to say that like we're not gonna find liberation through like companies touting like love is love yeah then like all that's we're not gonna find liberation through consumption yeah exactly they them mugs and shit yeah (laughs) like they them mugs are not going to get us like equity and, like, <laughs> the ability to climb the social ladder in the same way that our cis and straight counterparts are able to, you know?
1: they-them mugs so funny?
0: They have them. Target <laughs> had they-them mugs. I'm not even kidding. Oh my God. I saw them with my own that's eyes. It's like,
1: so choogy. I saw
0: that, and I was like, if anybody ever got that, I'd shatter it over their head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: said, Shut the fuck up, bitch. Shit, that's so funny.
0: Ugh. But, so, I did... So we find liberation through investing our money and our time into movements and organizations that further efforts towards queer joy and community and connection. Mm -hmm. Um, Ultimately, we're going to find all of those things within each other. We're never going to find those things within a a product or commodity or within a target. Yeah. Um, But I did want to like phase into some fun examples of um, rainbow washing. Okay. Because it is so funny what some companies will do. Like I was... (laughs) cackling so the first one i have is from red fucking lobster (laughs) (laughs) it's a a picture of their cheese biscuits and like the the pride flag has been like superimposed (laughs) onto the biscuits (laughs) just the biscuits
1: and it's not actually a rainbow biscuit they just like photoshopped them to look
0: next it is a normal picture of the cheddar biscuits with a like gay pride flag like superimposed <laughs> on top of the normal image like the, everything's still the same um so it's that's like number one Pretty
1: patties from spongebob i but didn't
0: watch spongebob
1: oh well the, don't make me admit that definitely did because they're cool <sighs> fuck
0: you <laughs> anyways um okay so this one has like personal but not personal connections so i watched the real friends of WeHo, which <laughs> of is like a reality show about gays in west hollywood and it was so messy and so funny But one of the gays in there, um, his name is Jonathan Bennett. You probably know him. He was in Mean Girls. Okay. Um, But he and his partner, um, his partner was the one on Real Friends of WeHo. Um, They they got engaged and Jonathan Bennett posted a video sponsored by K Jewelers.
1: What? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) With the ring. And it was like, (gasps) check. Yes. Yes. The engagement ring. They posted their engagement... Like announcement was also an ad.
1: No, I don't
0: know if the like official announcement was also an ad, but one of their announcements was an ad for K Jewelers.
1: That's so crazy.
0: This ring was That's known as
1: Trixie Mattel would do. No, it is down. <laughs> it's, it was
0: called it was called our ring, not because it was symbolic of their love, but because it was a ring made for our community. And I'm like, oh, shut no. the fuck uh, oh, uh like shut the fuck up <laughs> shut the fuck up anyways
1: our ring and skims same yeah way. no literally
0: and same my place. one of my last and favorite ones is nypd's pride cruisers oh um lord this is this is good though this is good because somebody snuck something in there somebody was vehemently a cab i believe <laughs> when they designed this the designer had to have been a cab because it says happy pride month in the image and then underneath it it says all colors are beautiful now tell me tell me
1: a cab onto the tell me that is not
0: either they bastardized a cab and made it their own thing (laughs) or whoever designed that i know i'm like they probably just did it They subjugated all cops are bastards and made it all colors are beautiful.
1: But maybe it's like a let's go Brandon situation where it's like it actually.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're not allowed to say that on the spot let's go Brandon cannot be muttered <laughs>
1: was, you know what I mean yeah, like where they like it means something else but it also means the same thing but Bitch, they I... snuck it on and they think they're so secretive about it but like, they're not this like, they obviously
0: think... says a gap <laughs> like... <laughs> And the cops are like, yes, put it out. They're like, There's no way. They had to have known. I don't know. Maybe. But anyways, it's a it's a fucking Pride cruiser just covered in like squiggly rainbows. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> NYPD letters are in rainbow. Meanwhile, they're like arresting us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Can
1: you imagine getting arrested by the... <laughs>
0: <laughs> During Pride <Yeah>. Month? <laughs>
1: yeah. That thing rolls up. <laughs> what the fuck are you going to do?
0: <laughs> a gay cop pops out.
1: Honestly, that'd be kind of iconic.
0: <laughs> if I'm going to be taken away in a cop car, you better take me away in the Pride <laughs> Cruiser. <laughs> it better say all colors are beautiful on the side. <laughs> Period. Push
1: me into that. <laughs>
0: no, dead ass. Cuff me and put me in the oh, back of that, bitch. Oh, Lord. Um. Oh, so... <laughs> So other places like American Air, Walmart, and <laughs> Wells Fargo all modified their logo for pride months in the past, yet in the same year donated tens of thousand dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to politicians who were outwardly anti-queer in their politics. Mm. all of them attempting to undermine the Equality in Act, the Equality Act, an act that would prohibit discrimination based on gender identity, sexual orientation, and sex in regard to work housing, public accommodations, and education, to name a few. Mm. So the same people that are, like, actively preying on our downfall are getting funded by these corporations who are turning their logos into rainbows for one month. And then literally the next day are turning them back to normal. Like, they don't give a fuck about us, y'all. Right. But y'all knew this, you know. This is not new information. (laughs) So rainbow washing and rainbow capitalism um, effectively erase the historical and political struggles of the queer experiencing by reducing these things to commodities, essentially absorbing and erasing those histories and experiences and turning them into products and deals and cute shirts. Yeah. Um,
1: Which I love a cute shirt. Yes. Don't sell it to me. Yeah. Don't sell it to me.
0: I would also like... Uh love it if brands did something other than provide me a cute shirt you know like Like, donate to the trevor project stop supporting these politicians yeah you know those are great starting points
1: there's so many different kinds of like like that's not representation no no No, like pride on a t shirt is not representation, and then putting
0: it in the back of a store. Yeah, and then taking it out when people start to get angry at you. Right. Let's talk about it. Like, come on now. Representation
1: would be mm, paying queer artists to make designs. Exactly. Exactly,
0: and then they get continued, like returns for their designs as they can target continues to make money for them. For example, you know, so yeah, that kind of. Oh wait, one second. So. Often we see brands that sell products targeted towards us, but how often do we hear these same brands have open and honest conversations about queer rights, Mm -hmm. anti-trans legislation, and how their dollars fund the oppression of queer people, both nationally and internationally. Yeah. Um, And so on the international note, I sort of want to go into rainbow washing on an international scale. And if essentially in regard to um, Israel and Palestine and what's Mm -hmm. happening there. um So recently, there have been a few photos of Israeli soldiers with pride flags circling the internet. Mm-hmm. According to this Instagram post, which we'll flash via Reels, or if you're on Patreon, do we do we have a, a way to flash it on Patreon? Yeah. Okay, bet. So there's an image of an, an Israeli soldier, and he's he wanted to post these as quote a call for peace and a message of freedom. And so this is the picture. I'll slide this over. Mm-hmm. Just guy, okay. describe the describe the scene for me real quick. Okay. I want you to really. I and I, when I say describe the scene, I want you to describe the background too. Okay.
1: Yeah. In what used to be, I'm sure, a thriving metropolitan area um, in Gaza is uh, now reduced to rubble, and the Israeli uh, soldier is standing in front of it with a. Um, whew, with a rainbow flag uh, that says in the name of love.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Oh, yeah. God. And so,
0: you know, if you <laughs> have any, even if even if you have a baseline knowledge of what is going on, I think that will send chills through you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I saw that and it took me a second to like fully process what I was seeing um, and to fully process messages of like love being used Mm -hmm. with that background by those people um it was it was hard to chew on for sure like cricket said he is holding a flag that says in the name of love as he stands in front of a completely decimated gaza Mm -hmm. his post continues by saying the external message to the world is that despite the pain of the war the idf which is the israel defense force is the only army in the middle east that defends democratic values It is the only army that allows gay people the freedom to be who we are. And so I fully believe in the righteousness of our cause. That was said by the same soldier who posted the photo.
1: Is that true, though?
0: This is all from the photo on Instagram. Yeah. So, and I don't know. You know, this could be fake. I don't know. But is
1: that true of the Israeli government?
0: No. And I'll get into that. (laughs) I'll get into that. Yeah. So in an attempt to show their, quote, humanity and tolerance, the Israeli government has tweeted photos of pride flags while simultaneously using white phosphorus on palestinians Mm. um so i think it's important the reason i I propose those two next to each other is to provide that sort of juxtaposition of like words versus actions what am i saying versus what am i doing right what we're saying is "Mm, gay be gay we're liberating you all what we're doing is using chemical warfare on you you know yeah um
1: and we know from the um Queering the Map project Mm -hmm. that there are Mm -hmm. plenty of Palestinians who are queer, just like any other ratioed country in the world. Like we have queer people everywhere. So no matter what, there is a loss of life um for the queer community. And if you're saying like, I don't know, that it's just that's just the I I don't even know how to react to it.
0: I'm definitely tearing up. It's hard for sure. Um, Anyways, according to amnesty.org, white phosphorus is an incendiary substance mostly used to create a dense smoke screen or mark targets. When exposed to air, it burns at an extremely high temperature and often starts fires in the areas in which it is deployed. People exposed to white phosphorus can suffer respiratory damage, organ failure, and other horrific and life-changing injuries, including burns that are extremely difficult to treat and cannot be put out with water. Mm-hmm. burns affecting only 10 percent of the body are often fatal whoa and
1: i did not know about this stuff
0: yeah this use of the the use of this chemical is against international humanitarian law so
1: mm.
0: yeah i think it's really important to highlight what they're actually doing versus what they're saying yeah um and
1: where they get that phosphorus from hmm
0: the U.S. McAllister,
1: Oklahoma, probably <laughs> be Dead real. Ass. <laughs> Dead ass. Okay, I don't know about that, but <laughs> and listen,
0: we don't know. They're getting a lot. I'll tell you that there's yeah. got to be something used by Israelis that came from McAllister. Like that wouldn't surprise me.
1: I that is absolutely a fact, though, because McAllister.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I don't deny that. Look it up, McAllister, Oklahoma. We make a lot of arms in McAllister, Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. A and it causes ecological destruction and yeah. mass
0: yeah so if you're interested look into that yeah
1: if you're from oklahoma just know that we are um very mm. much involved in this yeah in very yeah. many ways Yeah.
0: we have a direct stake in this our tax dollars are being directly pumped into this war and this fuck fuck a war this genocide yeah um, yeah yeah you should feel some personal investment in this even if it hurts i don't, I don't care mm-hmm. it should yeah so um yeah anyways i shall continue um the rainbow washing of the genocide of palestinians is simply a pro-israeli government smokescreen to convince us of the righteousness of its occupation of gaza the reality is that true queer liberation means access to basic human rights and necessities as well as as well as the freedom to explore oneself within their community unrestricted by the whims of government bureaucracy and religion The path to this does not look like destruction and obliteration of people, culture, and an entire way of being. I think it's important here to say that like Palestine is like not the safest place for queer people. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's like a wonderland for queer people. Yeah, because that's not the truth. Does that even
1: exist?
0: It's not a wonderland in the states. You know, like so, it's not. Um, People cannot display queerness publicly due to social conservatism and religious ideas, um, and so we cannot fall victim to the fallacy that the israeli government is the palestinian queer community is like knight in shining armor mm-hmm, in this instance
1: mm-hmm.
0: um because uh, they're still killing them yes and this fails <laughs> to address the fact that israeli is not a safe haven for queer people so according to an article written by Dorgam abusalim a queer palestinian who was raised in gaza since 2013 the israeli government has only adopted one of 17 bills seeking protections for queer people. And again, I want to remind you, this is the same government that's saying we are the only, or whose soldiers are saying we are the only government who believes in liberation, who believes in equal rights. Yeah. Um, and since 2013, one of 17 things yeah. uh, people protecting queer people have been adopted. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's pretty indicative of like what, the situation for queer people is actually like in Israel and under the Israeli government. And so ultimately I do think this is an effort on the Israeli government's side to tie their actions, their military actions to Western ideas in order to relieve them of any real accountability mm-hmm. for their ongoing attempt to erase all aspects of Palestinian life, culture, and sovereignty. What I mean by that is saying these ideas of freedom, of equality, of uh, self-determination these are all things that are like so so tied to the inception of the united states and i'm not gonna say that like those have been delivered on and it was written by a bunch of white men in the first place and so it's gonna look different but theoretically that's what our country was founded on right yeah and so it seems to me as if they're almost trying to appeal to our sense of nationalism right. and almost trying to get our sense of nationalism to be superimposed onto their government and mm-hmm. their government's actions via saying that you know we're trying to liberate queer people in Palestine and in mm-hmm. Gaza and that's just not the case. Right. Um, and why
1: wouldn't they when the US has a hand in pretty much every conflict that's ever taken place in the Middle East yeah. since
0: Yeah.
1: since whenever. <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking know.
0: it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Um and so additionally i think that this like you kind of mentioned earlier with queering the map i think this serves to erase the enclaves of queerness within um gaza and queer joy prior to israeli occupation and despite israeli occupation
1: yeah that's the that's how i would describe that photo is like co-opting queer joy Mm -hmm. they're calling destruction and murder joy Mm -hmm. and it's how can you link any of those things together?
0: Destruction is not our way to joy. Yeah. Like.
1: How? Like what? And if you, even
0: if like, if we take it okay, back to a climate perspective, mm-hmm. destroying the climate is not our way to joy. Right. Just like destroying people is not our way to community. It's not our way to liberation. Yeah. And so to try and act like that is your purpose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I can only look at it as nefarious. Yeah. Um. And so I really want, the reason I bring that up, is really to one, continue the conversation about what is happening in Gaza because it's continuing to happen, you know, mm. and we can live our lives like it's not, but that's just not the case. Yeah. So that's the first reason to bring it up. Um second reason is I want to like, I want to reach people before that sort of messaging reaches people, if possible. Yeah. Or even if you have already been reached by it, I want to like counter maybe whatever conceptions you have, preconceptions you have, because like things aren't as black and white as they may seem. Right. Um, And I think that it's worth thinking about the vested interests that the IDF has when they are sort of spreading these things and talking about queer joy and liberation and you know these things like there's always a vested interest in what is that and -hmm. what is that funded by and like where are those people who are funding them located and like what are they pouring into in their locales Mm -hmm. and again that comes back home so that's like i know
1: and we are we are just two small town friends oh period yeah and let it be known that we are trying to use this platform as a vessel for you to uh Go further. Go deeper than mm. this, please. Because Please, we are not. We we, we we again we're just a vessel. We are not your only source and, and we should so, never be. No, no. Ever, not for anyone if you
0: try to use us in a fucking paper ever,
1: I will show up <laughs> to your school
0: personally <laughs> yeah we are not a source listen
1: the the point of us doing this is not to be like we are educating the world it's <laughs> not just like we love talking We're about these gabbing. things we love learning about these yes. things we want to be lifelong learners we mm-hmm. want to continue our education this is a way for us to yeah. kind of like explore these things mm-hmm. and so this is a topic that is extremely Relevant, but extremely important and a part of any climate justice conversation Mm -hmm. that you should have. And so um, it should just be a starting point if this is your first point. I mean, hopefully you all have been kind of like... Mm -hmm been able to keep up with this on your own accord but Engaging, we'll yeah. also link um some sources that have talked about pinkwashing i know mm-hmm. i've been following queens for palestine mm-hmm. on instagram That's, that was actually one
0: of my points i was gonna mention okay you
1: know, yeah yeah we cricket
0: connected me with them <laughs>
1: so,
0: yeah um i yeah. so i only have really one more point to sum up sort of my thoughts on these occupation that is currently happening um well i guess i have one other thing to add as well too um, first thing is is that the ceasefire was ended today early. So Israel did not hold it true to its promise yeah. to maintain a ceasefire. And secondly, um if you are queer, you are tied to the liberation of all oppressed peoples. Um if you say you're passionate about indigenous rights, you are tied to the liberation of Palestinian people. If you are concerned with environmental justice, you should be angry. This is inextricable from us, especially considering our tax dollars are directly funding this genocide um and so
1: yeah don't get me started on the ecological impact of warfare items wait, of guns and wait
0: i think that would be
1: because that's what's happening in mcallister i think that'd be kind of a crazy episode that's um What if we talk... jenna randall's full thesis so we have can... a lot of sources what if we cited jenna randall okay oh, let's, let's say jenna let's randall, say jenna randall.
0: <laughs> we love you jenna <laughs> you can't see me but i'm bouncing up and out of my chair <laughs> But yeah, that, that,
1: that's, that's it for the day. (laughs) Just a little light episode for y'all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: I mean, I think these are thoughts that I am having going into the holiday season Mm. and being berated by ads from everywhere Mm -hmm. um, that are targeting all of my identities all of the time. Constantly. Whether that be um, pinkwashing, pinkwashing greenwashing or rainbow washing hmm. look out y'all they're out for you yeah they're
0: praying on your downfall
1: figure out what would actually give you holiday spirit and holiday mm. cheer like yeah. getting together with your friends and just yeah. eating yeah. this year <laughs> or something this
0: year both by force and by some sort of choice mainly by force but also by choice i'm not gonna be able to gift give a mm-hmm, whole lot mm-hmm. and so that's really forced me to reckon with like what does gift giving look like yeah for somebody who likes to give gifts, but cannot afford to give gifts in this moment. Yeah. And like, sometimes that doesn't even look like hand making things because hand making oh. things can take so long. You know, yeah. like, I can't bust out four projects between now and Christmas. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: and so, you know, that's Your really,
1: presence as a gift.
0: And that's essentially like what this is going to have to... It's like very candid and open conversations with friends about like, this is how I'm able to show up for you mm-hmm. in this instance. And... I'm hoping that it leads to to more intentional holidays. That's so much more meaningful you know? to me. And you, I don't even like, that's one thing I'm grateful about. Is like, I know I, that's not even necessarily that conversation I have to have with you. Because <laughs> like, that is just your like baseline operating level. <laughs> it's just like, I love your presence. I love your energy. I love talking to you. I love eating with you. Like all of these things, Mm -hmm. you know, cooking for each other is one of our biggest love languages. And so, yeah, I don't know, Um, especially as the holiday season comes around and, you know, in the middle of this occupation, Starbucks, we're boycotting Starbucks and they're hitting us with a bunch of deals like buy one, get one free and like half off drinks for four days straight. Like, yeah, keep your eyes out for these marketing ploys that companies who are directly funding occupation and genocide are using to get our money from us and distract us from what is going on um we have to say i'm in my boycotting
1: era for sure
0: boycotting era we are in a place of boycotting
1: (laughs) we are
0: (laughs) truly (laughs) truly god damn it let me find out goodwill is fucking donating Money to the fucking occupation. No fucking
1: I mean, screen. they're benefiting off of sending all of their, their garments clothes, yeah, and destroying the no consumption is ethical <laughs> <animals>.
0: <laughs> I hate it here. We are truly rats just, in a capitalist stop wheel. Eating.
1: Stop no. consuming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well, you know, with that being said, please don't stop eating.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, stop consuming. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I thought you meant stop eating. And I was like, we cannot promote out eating on here. <laughs> but uh, anyways.
1: It's so good to be back.
0: I know. The stew was lively today. We've been in the stew for about two hours. So, <laughs> I'm so sweaty. Bro, I'm caked with sweat. <laughs> I need to step outside for a moment just to be like. <sighs> but anyways, thank you all so much for listening.
1: Yeah. It was wonderful. Thank you. No. We love you. Shout out to New Earthlings. We love you. New Earthlings.
0: We'll see y'all soon. We'll be chatting. Okay, yeah. We'll be on the Insta. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: (laughs) If you liked our show, we'd love it if you could share it with a friend who might also enjoy it. If you're listening on Spotify, be sure to follow and rate our show by tapping the three dots on our profile and then the little star icon listed as rate show. Just as a reminder, if you aren't following Out on Earth Pod on Instagram and TikTok, you're missing out on a ton of awesome visual guides, memes, and jokes to go along with the show. If you have questions or concerns, feel free to email us at outonearthpod at gmail.com or to shoot us a DM on Instagram. And be sure to take our survey in the description below to suggest our episodes or let us know what we did right. Thanks again for listening. Together, we can find joy out on Earth.
1: We pay tribute to the indigenous communities whose ancestral land we are currently recording on long before the establishment of the United States. These include the Apache, Caddo, Tonkawa, and Wichita. We also hold in high regard the tribes with a historical connection to this area, such as the Comanche, Kiowa, Osage, and Quapaw. Before achieving statehood, we acknowledge that the lands surrounding Oklahoma City were originally designated the Muscogee, Creek, and Seminole Nations. We recognize that this region once served as a hunting ground, cultural hub, a hub for trade, and a migration route for the Apache, Comanche, Kiowa, and Osage nations. Today, the state of Oklahoma is home to 39 federally recognized tribal nations, a consequence of settler colonial policies aimed at assimilating and murdering indigenous peoples who have made Oklahoma their home. Out on Earth is written, produced, and edited by Cricket Kaya and Ashton Attic, hosted by ACAST, music provided by Helizna.